globally, we know that malnutrition remains unacceptably high. And we need agriculture to step up to accelerate progress on nutrition. Agriculture, of course, plays a critical role in production, availability, and consumption of food, and in the provision of livelihoods and incomes in rural areas. So the need for investments in nutrition-sensitive agriculture is pretty undeniable. Um, so the question we ask in this chapter is whether these investments that are geared primarily for enhancing the nutrition impacts of agriculture can also contribute to women's empowerment and gender equality. So there are two ways this could potentially occur. So first, if these programs do their job and improve the nutrition of women and girls, then this directly improves their well-being and helps to narrow existing gender gaps. For women, this could unlock the empowerment process. Improved well-being could mean that they're better able to take advantage of opportunities and exercise agency, which can then help them achieve other outcomes that they care about. If these nutrition benefits persist, then that sets them up for better nutrition and health, not only for themselves, but also for their future children. Second, if these programs recognize that gender norms and women's empowerment play an important role in achieving nutrition impacts, then they may adopt strategies and actions that shift these norms and directly empower women. And this has the potential to close gender gaps, not only in nutrition and health, but also across other dimensions of well-being. So in this chapter, um, we present evidence from four types of nutrition-sensitive agricultural programs that use different approaches in addressing gender in their design and implementation. So the cases feature programs that introduce biofortified orange sweet potato in Uganda, improved vegetables and fish technologies in Bangladesh, nutrition incentives in a dairy value chain in northern Senegal, and homestead food production and home gardening in Bangladesh and Burkina Faso. So in a nutshell, what did we learn? So first, we learned that nutrition-sensitive agricultural programs do have the potential to contribute to women's empowerment and gender equality, but it does not happen automatically. There are, of course, many pathways linking agriculture and nutrition, and although gender matters in all of these pathways, programs do not always consider gender in their design and in their implementation. Now, some may consider gender roles in designing their programs, but they may only seek to reach or benefit women, and thus they may not implement appropriate strategies that could potentially empower them, or use strategies that might shift or transform gender roles. And lastly, even if these programs aim to empower women, their monitoring and evaluation frameworks may not include measurable indicators of empowerment, which makes it difficult to ascertain whether their interventions empowered women at all. So what does this mean for our future research agenda? So first, to assess whether a program is contributing to gender equality, we need to collect data on outcomes not only from the target group of the intervention, but also from other household members, adolescent girls and boys, for example, to better understand how intra-household allocation changes in response to the program. Second, we need to bring men on board. Um, the majority of nutrition-related interventions and research are focused on women, and very few have looked at 
men and the roles that they could play in improving nutritional outcomes. Engaging men may, have, may help shift the allocation of food, financial resources, and time burdens uh, in more e gender equitable ways. So nutrition, after all, is a shared responsibility between men and women. And bringing men on board helps to reinforce that message. Third, programs should pay attention to the unintended consequences of women's involvement, including increased work burdens and the possibility of backlash from men. Complementing agricultural interventions with training that encourage communication and more equitable negotiation between partners is a promising approach. Um, for example, Helen Keller's Nurturing Connections curriculum is a great example for this. And then finally, when evaluating nutrition-sensitive agricultural programs, researchers should pay explicit attention to assessing impacts on women's empowerment as an outcome in its own right, and not merely as an instrument for achieving nutrition outcomes. There are now new tools that are under development, and which uh, researchers can draw on, and these include the Project Level Women's Empowerment in Agriculture Index, or the PROWEA, as well as the Women's Empowerment in Nutrition Index, or the WENI. So those are just a couple of examples. So nutrition-sensitive agriculture holds a lot of promise as a vehicle to achieve women's empowerment and gender equality, but programming and evidence gaps still need to be addressed. Thank you.